Hey y'all. And welcome back to blush you the podcast where you tell us your juiciest stories and we get to dish on them. I'm your co-host Callie. And I'm here with my little butterfly who might have a broken wing, Elise. <laughs> Hello. I do. <laughs> your wing's a little broken today, but that's uh, okay. I know I'm like a hot mess express per use, but like this week feels extra fucking annoying. <laughs> Yeah. Sponsored by hormones. Yeah. Sponsored by shooting up yourself with all of the hormones for $20,000. Oh God. Let's not talk about money right now. I I don't even know if I can handle it. I like was looking at my bank account and if you have Chase, they like organize it to say like how much money you've had coming in, how much money you've had coming out. And like, it literally said $14,000 was out. And I was like this month. And I was like, I forgot that I did IVF and I was like, Oh my God, like did someone hack my account? And then I'm like, Oh no, no, they didn't. No, that was me. Medicine hacked your body. The worst. Well, let's get into sparkles. Shall we? We, we shall. But before that, let's uh, let everyone know that today we're talking about chronic health issues, which is something I I'm not going to lie. I'm not super familiar with, I have one of my best friends has Crohn's and obviously Elise has her story, which by the way, Elise, I feel like you should share your story today about your journey with chronic okay. health. If you're comfortable, cause yeah. you've kind of mentioned it here and there, but I'm not sure if everyone really knows yeah. uh, what happened. So we'll get into that. Um, but this is again, going to be one of those episodes where I'm just going to be winging it. I'm, this is not in, as I always say, my wheelhouse, it's not something I'm super familiar with. So I'm going to do my best. Uh, but this letter was really interesting. So we definitely wanted to answer it, but yeah, let's get into sparkle time. Elise, do you want to share yours? Sure. Um, so Monday was, uh, our due date for the pregnancy that we lost this year. Um, it was a boy and we named him wilder. I don't think I've shared that on the podcast before, but, um, wilder Navy Dean and his due date was Monday. And so I was honestly anticipating it to be like a very sad, depressed day. And like, I definitely cried multiple times, but for the most part, I felt like so at peace and it was just so nice. Like, I just felt him with me all the time. I saw like literally 25 butterflies. Like it was just really, really nice. I went on a walk with Millie and I saw like a little Cheerios thing on the sidewalk and I'm like, keep seeing shit on the sidewalk. So either someone in my neighborhood keeps dropping baby shit or someone's putting them for me. I don't know. It was just great to see though. Um, And then it was just so cool because I, I've been sharing everything on my social media. And it's just so amazing to see how supportive and like how people just come together to like lift you up when you're having a hard day. And I had so many people who I didn't even know, send me pictures on Instagram of like lighting a candle for Wilder. It was just so nice. Like honestly made me cry. Cause I was just like, they don't need to do that, you know? And it's just like, so great that they took the time out. So if you were, if you're listening and you were like lit a candle for us, it was like, so, so sweet. Um, but the, it was so like the best part of the whole day was, um, Carl and I lit a candle and we like made cookies and had milk and had wine. And we were going to through his keepsake box and we got the call for the genetic testing from our, doctor, which was supposed to take two weeks. And it was just like a miracle. It was like a couple days, like four, four days, four or five days, I think, which was not, that's like unheard of. And it was our doctor. And I, he was like, Hey, it's Dr. K. And I literally was like, Oh fuck. Like, don't do this to me. I literally said like, don't do this to me if it's not good news. Cause he didn't, I don't think he knew what day it was. Um, but he was like, I have good news. I have good news. And I was like, okay, thank God. And so we got the genetic results back and we have one healthy baby boy, which I just thought was like, is serendipitous the right word? Sure. Sure. It was just like everything aligned and it was such a beautiful gift from Wilder. And I just thought that it was just like, I felt his presence all day. And then to have that be like, before the day is done, like you might've lost a son, but like, here's another one. And it was just like, so beautiful. I loved every second of it. That is very beautiful. It's all sweet feels. And then the rest of the week was shit just because my hormones are like 
not on my side, but that's okay. That's neither here nor there. Yeah. Your hormones are raging. And I don't think you do well when, when anything rages, if we're being honest. No, I'm like, I'm like a very like gentle, my body needs like Zen and like good vibes and good energy and calmness and like anything angry in my body does not do well for me. So that's where I'm at, but we're fine. We're okay. Got a kombucha. I ate some chocolate right before this. So I'm feeling good. I want to hear your sparkle. Oh yeah. All right. So (laughs) my sparkle is brought to you by trauma bonding. So I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I kind of had the opposite experience of you at least. And that's because I'm more of a private person and I don't want to share all of my stuff on social media. And so I found IVF to be really isolating. I mean, this is one of the few outlets where I do share this stuff, but, um, I mean, not everyone knew I was going through it. And I think that people who did just don't get it. Like I just had some questions coming my way that I was like, this is the last thing you need to ask someone going through IVF or like comments that I was like, also not helpful. And then honestly, a lot of radio silence from people who knew that we were going through it and just didn't say anything. It didn't Mm -hmm. check in, didn't do anything. So I was kind of like, cool, cool, cool. So I was talking to my friend, Emily, not like bitching about like, I feel so isolated, but I was like, why is it that like these friendships with people who have gone through the same shit you have just feel so intense. Like they just feel like in a way effortless where you can just word vomit and you're not even worried that the other person's going to be like, what did you just say? Um, so, you know, I, I just, I was wondering, I was like, I wonder what that is. Like, I wonder if that like, I don't know, is a thing, Emily, with your PhD, can you tell me? And she was like, yeah, it's literally called trauma bonding. I was like, oh, that makes sense. So last night I went to the Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights, which scared the PP out of me. But I went <laughs> I went with uh, Trish and Greg. And for those of you who maybe don't remember or do remember, whatever, Trish is the, I guess in a weird way, like the recipient, if that's what you would call it for my donor eggs way back in the day. So she's got a little boy who's turning five in November. He is so freaking cute. And so I went through the IVF process or at least half of it, you know, with her and she's, it's kind of, I felt a little weird being like, Oh my God, do I tell Trish that I'm like going through this now? Because like, that just goes to show I was like the worst egg donor ever. Like, man, I mean, I'm glad it worked out, but I'm like, whoa, that was risky. I probably was not an ideal candidate looking back, but obviously it worked out just fine. And then she reassures me. She's like, it was literally the best thing that ever happened. Like Grayson's here. Like, what are you talking about? It's perfect. We love him. Like, we're not going to send him back. I don't know what you're talking about, but it was just crazy talking to her about it and being honest with her and be like, yeah, this is really tough. Like, da da da. And I was like, and also, I mean, this process must've been horrible for you. Looking back, like, I feel like I barely have any control, but at least I can shove the needle in my body myself. And at least I like have the calendar in front of me and know what's going on and can make sure that I'm doing this and this and this with my body. And she was like, uh, yeah, she was like, I had no control over any of it. I was just hoping you guys, it was going to work out. Like, but there was nothing I could do. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I think it was like only taking a prenatal for you. Right. She was like, yep, that was it. I didn't want to push it, but you were 26. It didn't matter. Like, yeah, well, I'm taking a lot more than a prenatal now. (laughs) Oh, welcome to your thirties. So, but it was just like really nice to be able to again, have that bond with someone who gets it. And it's just so funny that like, I'm calling it a trauma bond because IVF is trauma. Oh my God. Yeah. It is absolutely trauma. So I don't know. It was just, it's like a sad thing to say, but it's also like kind of nice that it exists because you're, you're part of a club you don't want to be a part of, but you're, you're a part of it forever. Mm-hmm. And the people who are members of the club automatically understand. And there are varying degrees of it. I'm not saying we all instantly get each other. Like there are people who do IVF once and it works out perfectly and they have no hiccups and like, good for you. I'm not one of those people. <laughs> yeah. And the lease is not either. Uh, but I agree. I mean, I think that you hit the nail on the head with like, it's like the group that you never want to be part of, but 
since you are, you make the best of it. And I think that it gives you a lot more empathy to connect with other people and just support other people going through the same thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so anyway, that's my, that's my little sparkle trauma bonding with Trish. Who's so funny because she's, I I can tell she's so excited because she wants Grayson to have siblings. Oh, isn't that funny? Like we're all, it's like we're sister wives. Yeah. I love it. (laughs) Which is like such a weird thing, but yeah, she, I can tell she's like really pumped and she's Mm. like, oh, you know, like she's not trying to be pushy, obviously, because asking someone like, when are you going to be pregnant or when this is going to happen when you're going through IVF? It's like, it's a great question. Yeah. 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 Wouldn't, wouldn't I like to know that? Well, wouldn't anybody like to know that? I mean, even people who don't have fertility problems still don't know when they're going to anyway. So it was, you can tell she's like trying to be supportive, but also like, yeah, it's exciting. I love it. I love it. So cute. Uh, I feel like, I feel like your sparkle kind of is like a good segue into our letter today because I, it is, I feel like the majority, did you plan that Callie? Maybe I did (laughs) read this letter and I was like, you know what? There's something to this. And then thought about my sparkle, but now it doesn't look like I'm just insightful and intuitive. It looks like I'm calculated. <laughs> I'm dead. But no, I think that I think that that's a great segue because the majority of my clients do have chronic health issues. And I think that, I don't know if that was in, I mean, I don't think that, well, I put that on my bio. So I guess maybe people could see that before they signed up to work with me. But I think that being able to have someone who gets it, help you work through something makes all the difference, you know? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I tell every potential client that, I mean, this is a horrible way to put it, but like, if you're helping someone go, who's going through severe depression and having suicidal ideation and is thinking about that, you don't need to have been looking down off the cliff yourself in order to get it. Like you don't have to have gone through every single life experience in order to help someone else through it. So I don't want anyone listening to think, well, if my therapist or my life coach hasn't gone through my unique experience and it's no good, it's like, that's not true. But at the same time, there are certain things that it does make it a lot easier Mm -hmm. uh, if someone has gone through it. So just like you're saying, like the fact that you are, because, because the, the ketchup is not, is not involved. And I actually, you know what, I was talking about this to someone. They were like, well, you know, are there women in your life that you can talk to that are going to understand you? And I was like, yeah, I'm sure I have plenty. The difference is, is I have to give an anatomy lesson for 30 minutes before they can even begin to understand what I'm talking about. I mean, as I've said a million times, I basically have my MD from Reddit now. And when I talk, oh my gosh, the nurse anesthetist, when I was like being carted into surgery or whatever, he was asking me about like my journey or why I'm, I don't know. And I, I kind of gave him a canned response back and he laughed and I was like, is infertility funny? And he was like, no, you just sound like a doctor. And I was like, I see. And that's the problem because you get so in the weeds here that you start speaking in a way that doesn't make any fucking sense to anyone else. Yeah. You know, you start say talking in jargon and you really don't want to have to dumb yourself down because this is the world that you live in now. And I don't want to have to do that in order for someone to relate to me. So you really do have to find people that are already there. And we're like, oh yeah, I know the AMH and the FSH. And the- I literally was just thinking if anybody read through our conversation, they would be like, what the fuck are they talking about? I actually responded to one of your texts and sent it to Emily on accident. And of course, like Emily is like also looped into all this stuff. Emily had her own bout of infertility and all that. And so I, I responded something about like estrogen and she wrote back and she was like, yeah, maybe it is my estrogen. And I was like, I literally wasn't talking to you, but I love that this made sense to you as well. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, that's so just typical us talk, you know, all of us like talking about hormones, but yeah, I mean, it sounds like two scientists are talking back and forth. Not that we know everything, but it's so that being said, if you're dealing with something pretty specific and you're looking for help on it, it doesn't mean that someone who doesn't, hasn't been through it can't help you, but you are going to have to take like an hour to sit there and catch yeah. them up to speed. And that is a lot of energy on people. And some days you're willing to do it. And some days you're not. Yeah. 
That's a, that's a good point. My therapist, after I, I went to therapy throughout my whole, um, like chronic health journey. And she was not versed in like Lyme disease or chronic health issues, but I just loved her so much that, I mean, she was so helpful and I literally, she's so smart and I love her so much, but it was like sometimes annoying. Cause you you're saying something and you want that instant validation, but then you have to clarify before you get the validation sort of thing. And mm-hmm. so I get that. I totally understand that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's, where I'm at. If you want to talk to me, then you're going to have to get a history lesson in fertility. Uh, it's going to be a blast. You're going to enjoy every second of it. Okay. Let's read the letter. Okay. Let's okay. do this. Dear Callie and Elise, about a year ago, my life came crumbling down in front of me. For some backstory, I'm 26 years old and would consider myself a very fun-loving and adventurous person. I live in Colorado and graduated from Boulder two years ago with a degree in nursing. I've always been so intrigued by the medical field because my mom is an anesthesiologist and my dad is a surgeon. Woo. I got my job at my dream hospital in a labor and delivery in labor and delivery right out of college and was pooped. And then everything changed. I started feeling tired all the time and having really weird symptoms, GI issues, migraines, muscle and joint pain, weird rashes, extreme fatigue, intense amounts of anxiety and intrusive thoughts. And the list goes on and on. What had previously come so easy to me, like working a full-time job, having a badass social life and exploring traveling and hiking every weekend seemed like a death sentence. I could barely survive working a 12 hour shift three times a week. I was eating 12 to 15 hours of sleep a night and had to stop working out and doing all the things I loved. I knew something was seriously wrong. I went to my primary care doctor and she did some labs, all to which came out totally normal. She said I probably was just stressed and recommended maybe I go talk to someone to get some coping skills. There was nothing else I could take off my plate besides my job, and I had to pay my rent and survive on that, so that wasn't an option. So I decided to go see a specialist that was friends with my mom. She ran some additional tests and gave me super unclear answers. Maybe it was an autoimmune issue, maybe stress, maybe a GI issue, maybe a virus thing. There were no clear answers at all. I honestly felt super defeated and started to question myself, like maybe it was all in my head. A couple months passed and things only got progressively worse. My parents started to get super concerned and so did I. I found a naturopath and decided to just say screw it and make an appointment as as a last chance at figuring out what was wrong. She was so thorough and wanted to do lots of testing. I had to do stool samples, urine samples, and lots of blood samples. Six weeks and four grand later, We found out I was dealing with chronic mold exposure, lots of heavy metals, Epstein-Barr virus, and a few parasites. On top of that, my adrenals were completely tanked and my cortisol levels were through the roof. I was so overwhelmed. She went over all the results with me and then put me on a very extensive and expensive protocol. The shitty part was that I got way worse and started before I started feeling any relief, which she prepared me for. I ended up having to quit my dream job, move back in with my parents. And now here I am feeling misunderstood, invalidated, frustrated, jealous, and like shit physically. I've lost friends. No one checks in on me anymore. No one gets what it feels like to be in my shoes. I wouldn't say I'm totally hopeless because I have some small improvements, but my parents think the whole naturopath field is a joke. So I'm kind of on this journey solo. Not to mention none of it is covered by insurance. So I'm paying for all of this out of pocket. And since I don't have a job anymore, I'm having to pull from my savings account that I worked so hard to build up to buy a house. I'm over it. Will I ever be better? How do I cope with people not understanding what I'm going through? How do I get out of my head and just let my body rest and heal without feeling guilty about it? How do I cope with people thinking I'm just seeking attention because I don't look sick from chronically ill and over it? Mm. that sucks. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like the, I'm taken way. I mean, I, this is like, I so understand where she's at and what she's going through. And it just literally fucking sucks. Like there's no other way to put it. Most, most importantly, I mean, should I, should I start by sharing my journey? Yeah. How we do that. Okay. Um, let's see. 
I don't even, it's been so long since I've even thought about it because, um, I think my infertility trauma has trumped my chronic illness trauma, but I first started feeling sick. Um, I, I actually got breast implants December of college, my senior year of college. And within six, seven months later, I knew that something was like seriously wrong. I was having a hard time getting out of bed. I had no energy, um, very similar symptoms to our letter writer. I just felt like shit. And I knew that something was off and that something was wrong. Um, and I went to so many different doctors, my primary care physician, specialists, rheumatologists, all the people, all the appointments, all the things. And I just got super vague answers. I think that's, you know, what she, the letter writer pointed out about like all of her labs coming back normal that happened to me too. And when, when you're seeking out support from a professional and they're telling you everything looks fine, you're fine. It's probably stress or it's probably just in your head. That is so invalidating. And I just want to, anyone who's listening to this, who's going, who's on a health journey, if you feel like something is off or if you feel like something is wrong with you, don't believe what anybody's saying, because I was told so many times, Oh, it's probably psychosomatic. It's probably just in your head. And it's like, no, that's not the case. And it's even harder too with, you know, chronic health issues because most of the time you look healthy, you look fine, you look completely fine. And I, I mean, I can remember crying to my mom saying like, I almost wish that I had cancer or something. And I don't say that to minimize that experience at all. Cause I know that that's so traumatic, but almost something to validate how I was feeling on the inside and, you know, it finally took me going to a naturopath and she did, you know, so many tests and it was kind of like trial and error and just like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks before we figured out what was wrong. And then when we uncovered what was wrong, there was so many components and so many layers. It was so overwhelming because you go from not knowing anything about any of this to literally someone sitting down with you for three hours telling you all of the things that are wrong and out of balance and you're deficient and all of these things. And it's, it's such an overwhelming experience, just like mentally, emotionally, physically, and financially, like none, nothing coming from a naturopath is covered by insurance. Like I, my, I think my dad, thank God I have parents who support me financially with all of my health things. And now all of my fertility things, I'm like such a problem child, but I love it. Um, but I think my dad, we've probably by we, I mean, my dad has probably spent upwards of 200, $250,000 on medical expenses for me. That's supplements, tests, surgeries, doctors. I mean, all the things. Um, but yeah, it was a long journey. I, I had to, uh, same as the letter writer, had to quit my job. I moved in with my parents. I couldn't even walk to the bathroom to wipe my butt. Like I needed help with everything. And you think of your twenties, right. And you're like, Oh my God, that's the funnest time of your life. I just, I mean, graduated college was living on my own. I was going out every weekend, having all the fun, doing all the things. And then within an instant, it was all taken away. And I think there's so many layers to all of this, but I just, I just really resonate. And it took a really long time for me to be stable and get to a place where I actually had like hope again, because when you're in the trenches of it, you genuinely aren't sure if this is going to be your reality forever, because my chronic health journey was five years, maybe six years. And, you know, it's exhausting and it's scary. And I just so resonate with so many things, um, that this letter writer, is saying. And I think that that's why I have a lot of chronic health clients because I get it. And I can, I, I just really understand. Mm -hmm. Um, so lots of thoughts reading and listening to this letter. Um, the first question that she asks is, will I ever be better? I asked that question 
literally every single day to my mom, to my friends, to myself, all the, all the things. And you have to understand that your body is created to heal. And if you haven't watched the documentary, it's literally called heal. I think it's on Netflix. You, you definitely should, especially if you're battling, um, any sort of chronic health issues, but our bodies were literally created to bounce back, to heal, right? Anytime you get a, this, I remember tell, like envisioning this every single time I got to a place of like hopelessness in my health journey. Anytime you ever cut yourself or you ever get a bruise, like it always heals, right? And so to think that the outside of your body is doing that, but the inside of your body isn't doing that just didn't make sense to me. So that's all I was like, if I'm, if my skin is healing, my insides are healing. And the thing is with healing any sort of chronic health issue is you just have to support your body. You have to create an environment to allow your body to heal. And unfortunately we live in a society and a world where we are kind of unhealthy. We're, you know, so many toxins, so many, you know, things in our food, so much sugar, all of these things. We have no idea what we're putting into our body, no idea what we're ingesting, no idea what we're being, you know, breathing in and being around all the time. And so when you, if you do have a sensitive system and your system is battling something beyond your means, you have to create an environment that's going to support the healing process. And it sounds like the letter writer already is doing that because she has a good plan and protocol in place. But to answer the question, will you ever be better? Absolutely. And, you know, I think that that's just like the, the biggest, the biggest lesson that I want to drive home. Um, Callie, do you have any thoughts before we like keep going into, into all of the questions or do you want me to keep no, I mean, I think I have more some generals. Like, first of all, when you were talking about if a doctor says there's nothing wrong with you, you know, you got to keep pushing or go elsewhere. I think that I would be remiss to say that, you know, yes, people with chronic health issues face this, but like women just for being women face this mm. people of color, just for the color of their skin face this bigger bodies face this, you know, try being overweight and going to a doctor and saying, Hey, I have chronic pain. And more than likely they're going to say, have you thought about losing weight? Mm. It's just like the medical system in general, and this isn't to target doctors, but there is a lot of systemic issues in the medical field and don't even get me started on insurance. So I, I more just wanted to say it lives within this community, but it lives within a lot of communities. Yeah. And that's challenging. And it's unfortunately, it falls on us mm -hmm. to advocate for ourselves, to find other options, to fire doctors and hire doctors, and maybe even leave the Western medicine world um, in favor of something more holistic and see if that works. And I think there are probably a million different solutions for a million different problems. I'm not going to sit here and say to anyone battling chronic health that the only way you're going to get help is through a naturopath. I am sure there are doctors out there with MDs who are ready to listen and ready to help. You just have to find them. Mm -hmm. And that takes a lot of work on your end. It's, it sucks because most people who are looking for doctors don't feel well yeah, or are going through something. And that takes a lot of energy. So I'm not trying to say that you need to be Googling 24 seven in order to like figure this out. I'm more saying, yeah, there's a lot of shit working against you and it sucks. And I'm really, really sorry about that. So do what you can with what you have. Meaning mm -hmm. if you only have an hour of energy today, please don't worry about the fact that you haven't been for a walk lately, or you haven't been quote productive, or it's like the only thing that matters is your health. You, you know, she even mentions, well, I'm assuming this, she, I don't know, but they, you know, they mentioned money. Um, and it's like, okay, but what good is having a lot of money if you're not healthy and you can't mm -hmm. even use it? It's like money will come later when you're ready to use it on the fun stuff. But for right now, it's just important to focus on getting your health back and that is probably going to require a lot of research and, mm. you know, try, like you said, trying things out, 
playing with your diet, playing with the things that you have around your body. And Elise knows more about this than I do. But that's the most exhausting part is because you're already working with negative energy. You're already discouraged. You already feel like absolute dog shit. And it's like, then you're supposed to most muster up the energy to advocate for yourself and to do all this research and to trial and error. We already live in like a very instant gratification world. And so you can't just snap your fingers, especially with, with chronic health issues, you have to understand it's, it's a chronic thing. So Mm -hmm. it's probably been something that has been mustering up and, and working up for a long time. And then you get something like mine was my implants, right? Like I probably had a lot of things working against me and then I got my implants and then my whole system tanked. And it was like, do you think that's what it was? Oh, I know that's what it was. That's interesting. For sure. What? Mm. So they actually did a test on me to be able to like determine when I was exposed to um, the Lyme bacteria. And it had been years, like it had been like 15 years. So I was probably bit by a tick um, when I was really young, which makes sense because we spent summers in Delaware and it's super prevalent there because Lyme, Connecticut is like right there. And that's where it originated. Um, but we also did tests on my genetics and genetically I have a really poor functioning immune system. So like when I got bit by the tick, I didn't get the response that maybe a healthy person would, where they have the fever and the rash. And most people who have chronic Lyme have the same experience as I do. So you, you're this, disease and this bacteria is basically just dormant in your body waiting for a time to attack the shit out of you. And it was wild because I got my implants and, you know, your body recognizes any form of implant or anything that's not made in your body as a foreign invader. And then it started attacking itself. And then that's, I mean, that's when six months after my implants was when everything hit the fan. Damn, I know. Some, those are some shitty side effects for just wanting some boobies. <laughs> I know. I mean, if I could go back, I'm like, what was I even thinking? They didn't even look good, but it was, it was fine. It, we got boobies are fun. I, they were, I mean, I liked, I liked them, but they didn't look natural. Like they looked fake because I'm like a small framed person and I don't need to have huge size D implants on my body. (laughs) They did not look good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's, you have to understand, like you're dealing with a chronic situation here. And so trying one thing out, doing one supplement, you know, going to one doctor's appointment, isn't going to be the golden ticket that you need to heal and be better. You have to know, you just have to know if you're battling any sort of chronic health issue, it's going to be a while. Okay. You're going to have to fucking stick it out and put your big girl pants on and cry when you feel like crying and throw your hands up in the air when you feel like throwing your hands up in the air, but you got it. You cannot give up because if you don't have your health, you have nothing. I mean, truly that's, that's my opinion. And I, I took my health for granted for a really long time until it was taken away from me. And then it's like, shit, you know? Um, But I want to touch on the second question that she asked is like, how do I cope with people not understanding what I'm going through? And the way that I would answer this question is like, no one will ever understand what you are going through ever. And if that's your goal, you're going to be disappointed for the rest of your life. You can do your best to explain how you feel and what's going on in your body, but there will never be a day that someone can literally transport into your body and experience what you're feeling like. You can try your hardest to give a detailed description of what it feels like, but my bet, my best guess is you're probably fucking exhausted and don't have the energy to do that. So if your goal is trying to get people to understand exactly what you're going through, that's never going to happen. Your closest thing you're going to get to that is other people who are also battling chronic health issues. So they can empathize like Callie and I were kind of mentioning in the beginning, but you need to switch reframe and switch your perspective from I'm, I want people to understand me to, I want people to support me and you have to figure out how they can support you and then ask them to do that. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, just like we were talking about earlier, no one wants to give a freaking science lesson as, you know, an intro to no. a conversation where you're looking to feel empathy. And the other thing is, you know, people love novelty. And so I'm sure in the beginning, you had a lot of people who checked in with you every oh, single day yes. and wanted to know how you were and came by and brought the casseroles and brought this. And then people are, have short attention spans or at some point, the, the thing about chronic illness is that it does the opposite of what you think it's going to do. When you get sick, you recover, right? When you have the flu, it's over in two weeks. And if it's not, it's kind of like, well, what's going on? And then people are like, well, this is too weird. I don't really know how to understand that. It freaks me out. I'm just going to keep going. And then they rationalize it to themselves. I'm not a bad person. She's probably the one just looking for attention because <laughs> I can't accept the identity that I've created for myself that I abandon people when they're sick. Yeah. So it's you. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, the, the one thing that I figured or that I took from this is one, this is your assignment. Okay. You've got you, you, like, you had a charmed life and I'm sure that you did not give us all of the details. And I I'm sure that you've had other traumas in your life, but this right here is your trauma. Some people skate through life without much trauma. It's true. They exist, but you know what? I don't understand those people and those people kind of bore me. So this is your trauma. Okay. And so you're going to have to live with this for the rest of your life. Just like people who had a death in the family early have to do it. Just like people who are going through fucking infertility or have divorced parents or got dumped in a really brutal way. Like these are all little traumas that we have to deal with. This one happens just to be ginormous. Mm -hmm. And so what happens when people go through ginormous traumas is they start to view life through a different lens and they start to realize that their friends were not really their friends. There are so many people that just skate through life with fake friends because nothing like crosses their path to make them start looking things with looking at things with a more critical eye. Yeah. Right. So, you know, one of my traumas and I don't want to get really into it right now was sexual assault. And I didn't, I wasn't processing it very well. Yeah. I went to therapy. Yeah. I did this. Yeah. I did this, but it's just like a lot to really like live through and understand. And especially when a lot of people aren't open about this stuff. I mean, they kind of are, but like when it's happening, it's not like I could be like, you know what? I know that happened to my friend. So I'm going to go talk to him. And it was just poof in an instant. I looked around and I was like, these people are not my friends. Mm. And they've probably never been my friends. And am I grateful to know this now? Not really. <laughs> I could have, I could have done with another year or two yeah. of knowing. Like, I didn't really need to know in that moment that these people were not my friends. Yeah. Um, but it was just a moment where the world was one color, like, you know, it was blue or whatever. And then the next day it was red and I couldn't go back. Mm. I couldn't go back and say, no, wait, no, these people are my friends and my life is normal and I'm normal. It's like, nope, that had all gone out the window. I'm now a weirdo forever. I'm not defined by what happened to me, but it is part of my identity, not because I want it to be, but just because, yeah, I mean, this is just what happened to me and I see the world differently now and I'm always going to see the world differently now. So, and I, I've got other little traumas, at least it's not like chronic illness is the only trauma you've been through either. Yeah. Um, so this is your assignment. You are never going to see the world the same way. And the one silver lining is that you now get to see the world for what it is. And the people who are in your life now and are still in your life are going to be there for mm -hmm. real because mm -hmm. these are the people, these are your ride and die. And if you don't have those people yet, they're coming because yeah. you're going to trauma bond. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I just want to share a story, um, really quickly to give just hope because I, I mean, I want everybody, I, I feel like, I don't know if I'm really articulating the severity of like my health issues, but like I was literally bedridden for two years. Like I, I could not move. I did not get out of bed for two years. And here you are watching all your friends go to Vegas and have fun and travel the fucking world. And you're like, this is my life forever. This is how it's going to be because this is what it feels like. And I was, I can remember crying to my mom saying who would ever sign up 
to, to be with me. Like who would ever want to be with me knowing that I can't ever drink. I can't go out. I can't travel. I need someone to cook all my food. I can't, I can't have a job, right? Like I, in the depths, I was like, who would ever want to be with me? And my mom's like, I'll be with you. I'm like, no mom, I need something more, you know? And I remember I actually got on Bumble when I was really sick and I matched with Carl and the first thing that I said was, I just want to let you know, I'm chronically ill. I have chronic Lyme disease. I live with my parents. I don't drink alcohol. I have to be in bed by nine o'clock. Like I am not super fun and my life is limited right now. So if that's not your jam, then I don't even want to like continue getting to know each other. And he was like, no, that's actually exactly what I'm looking for. And I was like, really? That's weird as fuck, but sure. And so we went on a date the next night and Carl picked me up and I got in the car and he was asking me all of, he knew so much about chronic Lyme disease. And I'm like, holy shit. Like this guy must have someone in his life. I'm like, you have someone like, who do you know? Who's battled chronic Lyme disease? He's like, I was up until two in the morning doing research. So I could know like how to support you and have a conversation about what is the biggest piece of your life right now. And I was like, okay, this, this is the type of people I need to be surrounding myself with. And those people exist. And if those are not your people right now, don't assume that those people don't exist because you're going to lose a lot of friends and you're going to lose a lot of people and people are going to continue on with their lives. And then, you know, you're not going to invite them to your wedding. And then they're going to be pissed the fuck off because you didn't invite them to your wedding. And you're like, Lol. And yeah, I just, yeah, I just threw some shade. Okay. Oh, we throw shade on this podcast all the time. God, this episode's dark as hell, but, but realistically, these people were never going to be your friends and you would have lost them eventually anyway, or you would have skated through life and just had fake friends the whole time. And then jokes kind of on you. So it's, this is, I'm not trying to say silver linings. You don't have any friends, but they were assholes to begin with. I get that's a stretch. All of this sucks, but The good news is, is that this is not going to be your life forever. Your dream job exists. I mean, actually, Elise's dream job didn't exist at the time when she was feeling bad because I didn't have this opening. That was not going to happen. And then obviously it opened up at the right time for her and she did get the dream job, meaning the dream job still exists for you. And whether it's the same job that you had before, or this totally transforms your perspective and maybe Western medicine isn't your jam anymore. And you want to pivot into a more natural, you know, I don't know, job path. Like, great. You can do that. It's going to be there. Money is going to be there. Like Mm -hmm. money comes and goes. Okay. And right now it needs to go because you need to spend it on your health, just straight up. We've got to figure this out. This is, and it's worth it. It's worth it. This is a good investment. You are the best investment you will ever make. I know that you want to buy a house because that is on the surface, a good investment, but you're a better investment. Who needs a house when you don't have your health? I mean, so you're going to figure this out. You really, really, really are. It's, and the good news is actually, might I just say, you're not at the beginning of your journey. I know that it feels like you should be at the end because you have answers now, but you know so much more now than you did when you started. Mm -hmm. And at least you now have an advocate in someone, this woman or man, I don't know who they're, that you're working with who has identified Epstein-Barr virus, which that's the first time I heard that one. I didn't know what that was. I I could have sent and and Googled for the podcast too, but I didn't want to be, not that Carl was inauthentic, but I was like, I don't want to like come on this episode and be like, I know what Epstein-Barr virus is. It's like, I obviously have no idea what this is because I'm like a cockroach. I think my immune system is like, yeah, metals. Yeah, we can do it. Woo. Well, that's, that's the thing is it's all chronic health issues are layered, right? It's all one thing impacting another thing, impacting another thing. And then it just tanks your system. And then you're starting from ground zero and you have to build the building up again, you know, and that's why it feels exhausting. But this person, I mean, the letter writer is let's, let's go through some things that she should cling on to. One, it sounds like you have a family that is, I mean, they might not understand and they might think that the whole naturopath world is a joke, but they have 
you living with them, which means that they're at least trying to support you in whatever way they can, you know, and I encourage you to figure out what you need and challenge them and set boundaries where you need to, right? Like, God, my whole family has transformed in just all the ways because I had to communicate what I needed and how I needed to be supportive and what was helpful and what wasn't. So, you know, don't be shy in, in those regards. And also it sounds like you have a doctor now and you have some answers, like Callie said, and you have a protocol and you are starting to see some improvements cling to the improvements that you're seeing, because that gives you all the hope in the world that your body is changing. There's no way that anything can stay the same forever. Right. Um, and what was the other question? Oh, how do I get out of my head and just let my body rest and heal without feeling guilty because of it? I'm assuming, you know, if she was a rock star in school, pursued nursing, you know, landed her dream job, she'd probably go get her. Right. I'm just assuming, but, um, you know, I think it's really hard when you have, you know, you're traveling, you're exploring, you're doing all these things. And then one day all of that's taken from you and, and you have the desire to want to do all of those things, but you don't have the energy or the body to be able to keep up with what you want to do. That's, you're going to have in like inner conflict with that for sure. But I read, I remember reading a post or a blog, um, when I was bedridden and it said, if all you did today was breathe, you're doing a really good job. And I put that as every screensaver on my computer, my phone. I wrote that out. I, you know, made sure, made it a point to read that every single day, because even though it feels like on the outside, you're not doing a lot because you're not working and you're not going on hikes and you're not traveling all across the world. You have to know that your insides are doing a lot of work. I remember calling my doctor and being like, Hey, so like, should I be working out? Because like working out is good for you. Right. And I'm trying to like do all the things that are good for me. And she's like, do not even move. She's like, your body is going through so much and inside you are burning so many calories and losing so much energy just from fighting the good fight that you have to fight that like you putting extra, you putting your body through extra work is basically not acknowledging all of the things that your body's trying to do for you right now. So Maybe just think of your body as like going to war for you and you need to do what you can to support your body. And I think another thing that I worked through in therapy was like, I had a major disconnect between my mind and my body. And I remember explaining my health journey as feeling like I was in a really abusive relationship, but I couldn't escape from it. And it was like, your body's unpredictable. You don't know how you're going to feel. You feel like you're trapped. You feel like you're suffering. And it was like, but you can't get out. And I, I approached my body with resentment and, you know, anger. And that was one of the biggest things that we work through in therapy is trying to give yourself grace and trying to support your body and work on that relationship you have with your body, because, being angry at your body and being resentful of your body isn't going to help your body heal, you know? Well, yeah, because her body did not give out. I know that that's how it feels, but you're alive. Yeah. Your body you are said, alive. Yeah, your body said, not today. I'm going to keep going and I'm going to live and I'm going to fight to heal. And so by you, and this is where it's not guilt, it's shame. Right. So this is the, the shaming of yourself and of thinking about all the things that your body can't do. It's time to say, I'm proud of my body for not giving up. Thank you for keeping me alive. That was very kind of you. And I'm not going to undo the work that you're trying to do right now, because that's what going to your job would be doing. That's what working out would be doing. That what's is what would be putting shit in your body and going out with your friends and pretending like none of this exists would be doing. Not that you probably are even capable of that right now because your body is really in the trenches. Um, but you're going to have to reframe and that the funny, th the funny thing about this is it's not that you were a slow mover before. I mean, I, yeah, I guess I come across as a mover shaker, but I wouldn't call myself high energy. So it might be a little easier for me to accept that rest is what I had to do. But the, like the ironic part here is you were like, go, 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 go. And so to you going represents productivity. And so you're going to mm. have to undo that. And mm. the reframe now is that not doing equals productivity. Ooh, I love that. 
Yeah. I think it's going to help because I just feel like, again, like the universe gives us our assignment. The universe and I are fighting right now. So I'm like being nice by giving you a shout out, you malicious bitch. But (laughs) the universe does give us the assignment we have to work on. that's why I said earlier, this is your assignment. It's Mm. like, it's always the brightest, shiniest, most active, most go, go, go people that get struck by lightning with this shit, right? It's like, that's like what you see all the time. It's the people who are faced with the unique assignment that is completely counterintuitive to who they are. And so the good news is, is that if you can overcome this and you can like cope and move through this, which you will, your body already said too bad. We're not conking out. We're doing this. Then most obstacles from here on out, I'm not trying to say they'll always feel like easy in comparison. Life is relative. Shit hurts. <laughs> Even if it doesn't hurt as bad as last time, luckily time is linear. So we don't get to compare back to back. It's like, we, you know, we don't really know. Um, so it'll still suck whenever shit comes up in the future, but you are going to have these coping skills. They don't go away. Just like yeah. your education did, d- didn't go away. Just like your experience being in it. Did not go away. No one can take anything away from you. It's still there. We just have to take the time to heal so that you can reap those benefits again. That's it. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that a lot. Um, what was the last question? How do I cope with people thinking I'm just seeking attention because I don't look sick? Anybody you told them to fuck off. I literally was just going to say, tell Sorry. them to fuck themselves. Um Anybody, I mean, God, I like literally can't even, I can't even answer that question because it triggers something within me that wants me to like (sighs) turn into the Hulk. Um, yeah. Anybody who's like, I remember, oh my gosh, I was at the grocery store and I ran into some girl that I went to high school with her mom and her mom was like, oh my God, you look amazing. I've been following your health journey on, uh, Instagram, but like, you look like you're doing so great. And I was having a horrible day. And I literally was just like, well, that's great that I look amazing. Thank you so much. I actually feel like shit, but at least I look good, you know? And I think that those, those people, you just have to put a boundary up with. I mean, I think you thank them because sometimes people play mind games with you and and present as a really good person. And then you have to like find out later that they're not. And you're like, oh man, like, these people suck and it takes work and effort to find out they suck, but like, they're just raising their hand and looking at you and saying, Hey, I suck. Mm. So that's kind of nice that they're doing <laughs> the work for you. I know we're reaching here for, some, for some silver linings, but it is kind of a nice thing to be like, damn, you're pretty you're, shitty. You're the worst. <laughs> you're, you suck. I love that. Yeah. You know, I think that this, I mean, this podcast is dark as fuck because this letter writer's reality is dark as fuck, you know, know, but we're like infertility, chronic illness, sexual assault. (laughs) What else do we want to talk about? Listen, I mean, do we, how much time do we have left? I'm kidding. But I mean, it's, this is everybody's reality. I mean, this is some people's reality. And so, you know, I can only imagine, I just, I can empathize so deeply with where this letter writer's at in her journey. And if you take one thing away from this podcast, I just want you to cling to hope. And I want you to know that your body is capable of healing and you have the fight within you to keep fucking going. Sometimes you're not going to feel like you do, but just remind yourself that you do. And you need to find community. You need to find resources. You need to find people that get it and can understand and, you know, can empathize with you and who are going to support you. And, you know, I, I have so all people I've never met before. I have such kindred connections with them because, you know, we were going through the same thing at the same time. And some of those people are still in the depths of it. You know, you, you can't, you can't, cling on to a timeline because if you do that, I mean, even I, I can parallel that to fertility shit. You know, you just have to take it day by day and you have to have hope and you have to cling to the fight. And when, you know, feel all the feels you're going to grieve, you're going to grieve what your life used to look like. You're going to grieve your health. You're going to grieve all the things and you're going to be sad and you're going to feel like shit and it's going to be hard, but you can do it. Yeah, you can. And by the way, Elise is going to be starting a group 
that supports those with chronic health issues. And it's probably going to be sometime next year. So chronically ill and over it, you might want to consider joining. I would love that. I wasn't sure. I was going to be like, Kelly, can we like drop the good? No, no, of course it's a teaser. We don't have, we're still building it. It's in the early stages, but it's going to happen. And it's going to look like Elise being, you know, the expert and, and giving you resources and actual education. But then there's also that community support processing piece that I think is so crucial to healing. It's like, yes, you want to learn. Yes. You want to be educated. Yes. You want to know all the things, but that doesn't mean as much and doesn't have as much impact. If you feel completely isolated while learning, like you want to feel connected. You don't want to feel like you're the only one on the planet going through this. So yeah, We are going to be rolling out that group again, probably you'll probably start hearing something about it within the next month or two. And then we're aiming for like a first quarter launch, like, you know, January, February, March, we'll figure it out. So, but I just, I would, it would be silly if we didn't bring it up because this person might want to join. I know I would, it's going to be so amazing. I mean, I just get so pumped about the idea of like strong, badass women grouping together because that's like, there's nothing, no more powerful force than a bunch of badass women grouping together. But, you know, I'm going to be sharing my journey. We're going to be going through different stages and pillars of battling chronic health. I'm going to have some really awesome, intelligent experts in clean living and nutrition and all the things. And you're going to have that community. You're going to be able to contact the people that are in the group. It's going to be just like so freaking awesome. So chronically ill and over it, you are, is it court? How do you say like you're invited, but like cordially, cordially, cordially invited to my group. Thanks. There we go. Um, okay. I've got one final thought. I didn't ask you for yours. Okay. So just, you know, get over it. Um, okay. So I think you might not want to do this right now and that's fine. If you listen to this next part and you're like literally shoved up your ass, that's okay. But for anyone else listening, maybe this is helpful. I think finding meaning out of the obstacle that Mm -hmm. is facing you is important. And the way that I look about it is, um, or think about it, sorry, is like a lesson that I have been avoiding and trying not to learn until the ugly ass bitch ass mother fricking hell universe decides to say, guess what? You're going to learn it today. So I'm going to use Elise and myself as an example, but you know, we have two separate infertility journeys, um, for different reasons and at going at different, you know, uh, paces and all this stuff. And both of us process it and experience it in very different ways. Uh, at least I'm going to speak for you. So if I'm saying anything out of line, you okay, just, yeah, I'm excited, bop me through the screen, but you know, Elise is someone who, when she was five years old, wanted to be a mom. That mm-hmm. is, that was her dream, right? That's what she always wanted to be. And so it's pretty cruel, right? Of the universe to say, hey, hey, this is going to be really hard for you. And you're going to have to go through a journey. And while this is easy and for other people and they want to be a mom, boom, they're a mom. And other people who maybe even don't want to be a mom, boom, you're a mom. And it just seems wildly unfair because Mm -hmm. Elise has had tunnel vision about starting a family and being a mom because that was her goal. And in life, you set goals and then you set it to achieve them. And that's life. And that's what you do. And so instead- it's just been a bunch of locked doors and, you know, traumas and just horrible experiences. But the lesson that I've seen you learn, Elise, is that you can be fulfilled without being a mother. Mm. And that lesson is so cool to learn before you become one, you will become a mother, right? Just like chronically ill and over it, you will heal. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like healing is in your future. But why did this happen to you? And I don't mean that you're being punished, but it sure feels like it, right? So could we figure out some sort of higher meaning to get out of this, this lesson that you can carry with you? Just like Elise is going to be a mom. I don't like that she had to go through this. I wish that this didn't exist, but it does. So we're going to make meaning out of it. And so Elise has decided one, she's going to help other people go through this journey and she's going to support it. And she's going to show people how to do their shots and how to do all this stuff. And I'm not a good person because I'm not doing that, but (laughs) she's decided to do it like that. But she's also decided I am a full-blown human being who doesn't have to have a child in order to have worth. Yes. Ugh. 
Mine is about money. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> Mine's not about being a mom. I was not five years old and said I want to be a mom. In fact, I haven't even gotten to the point where it's like, if this works, you're a mom. Yeah. Like one step at a time. Okay. I don't like that I'm paying for something that should be free. Yeah. It is really pissing me off that yeah. other people get to do enjoy. Enjoy it that other people enjoy. just like bang. There you go. We oh yeah, we were like in Mexico and having this like steamy evening, and then oops, I forgot my birth control, and God. here she is, nine months. It's like fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seriously, so, like you know, it's just like great. Not only was it free, but it sounds like it was a blast. <laughs> and that is not my experience. I hate paying for shit that's free. So clearly I've got a little bit of a blockage when it comes to money, because I think that money should be spent on certain things, but not other things. And that money needs to be used in these ways and not this way. And it's like, <sighs> okay, money needs to be spent on what money needs to be spent on. All right. Yeah. There's no rhyme or reason. You don't get to choose and money's going to be there for you when you need it. Because in my mind, I'm like, oh my God, how much is this costing me? What would we use this money on? Otherwise it would be so much better to use this money. Just like, honestly, this letter writer is like, I don't want to be spending money on fucking supplements. I want to spend it on a house. Like that right there. I was like, mm-hmm. Yep. I hear you. And of course my advice was like money comes whenever you need it. And like, I'm saying this as advice because I know it's true. Do I believe it? working on it. But the funny thing is that the money that we're spending right now on infertility, and I, I just want to like acknowledge my privilege because we have badass insurance. So like it's nowhere near as expensive as it could be. I mean, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Apple. Even though you're kind of the devil, thank you so much for my amazing insurance. Cause I love it. Uh, but not everything's covered. You know, some of this shit's still bullshit. I still have to pay. It's still going to be multiples of thousands of dollars. Like yeah. still not free. Um, but like, I'm, I'm laughing to myself because I'm realizing like, you know what? We probably just want to spend that money, like going out to dinner on accident. <laughs> I don't think all this money that we're spending would have been like put away in a nest egg. We'd be millionaires by the time this is over. And it would really like make a difference in the scheme of things. So it's just like, I have to get over it. And I just have to accept the fact that sometimes you spend money on things you don't want to spend money on. And mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that the world is over. And it doesn't mean that you're irresponsible. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be poor at the end of this. It just means you have to spend money on shit sometimes. Yeah. So really trying to accept it. Yeah. <laughs> it's I going mean, I well. Think, I think, I think that there's a learning lesson in every hardship you face. Doesn't make I it really, easier. I'm not no, happy no, no. about this. Fuck no, fuck no, fuck no. It's almost like, I mean, it's like the worst. It's literally the worst having to learn a lesson that you don't want to fucking learn. It's like, yeah, because fuck you universe. You and I had a deal and you gonna, recanted your deal. We're going to have to rekindle. <laughs> we're going to have to rekindle your relationship with the universe. No, she can go and sit in a corner and think about what she did. She needs a timeout. <laughs> Oh God, life is hard, but I, I think you're right. I think finding purpose and meaning and, you know, it all, it all makes sense in the end. Yeah. It's just, it lessens the sting. Um, I don't want it to create uh, blame. Like, I don't want it to be like, well, if you'd figured this out before, this wouldn't be happening. It's like, yeah, not really. No, yeah. this is probably going to happen no matter what. So it's like, do you want to find meaning out of it? Or do you want to be bitter? Yeah. You can be both if you want. I mean, yeah. you're probably bitter right now. That's fine. I'm a little bitter too right now. It's fine. But are you? Are you bitter? <laughs> no. I'm so happy. So happy. Happy Callie. That's what they call me. It's like, you know, the TikTok song of the dog. I'm a happy, happy dog. I'm a happy, happy dog. Oh, does a happy, happy, happy dog. Oh, the look at the happy. Oh, the happy. <laughs> That's, That's my favorite. That's me. That song follows me wherever I go. I'm so happy. So it's like my theme song, guys. So yeah, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have that be the intro to this fucking podcast. Is guy. So yeah, I mean, I do as I say, not as I do. I mean, I, yeah, I'm I'm not as angry as I was. We recorded this podcast on Tuesday. I think I like. 
the, probably the mic would have melted because I would have been breathing fire. So having every gamut of emotions is fine. I'm not trying to say you need to only feel um, purposeful <laughs> during this journey. Yeah. It's not true at all. It's no. just a small thing that maybe you could think about because to me, it gives me a little bit of control. It's like, okay, if I can live through this and learn something that makes future life obstacles easier, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's going to be worth it. I mean, the nice thing is at the end of this, you get to be healed. I guess we become moms. Like there is going to be something at the end of this that says it was worth it. I don't think the lesson is going to say, see, you're so smart now. It was worth it. But it is just like an extra little goodie bag, if you will, on your way out the door. Yep. I'm looking forward to my goodie bag and my baby. (laughs) Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, the baby part is a little like, oh God, am I ready for a crying potato? Guess so. I don't think anybody's ready for a crying potato. Until like, I don't think anybody's actually ready. I think they just like, it happens and then they learn. Yeah. I've just, I know myself. And if I don't have a kid, I'm going to regret it. That's literally my motivation, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that. No, I don't think so either. We all have, it's, it's good to be self-aware. It's good to know what drives you. It's good to know your values. So that's your last assignment, chronically ill and over it. What drives you? What are your values? Figure that Mm -hmm. out too, Mm -hmm. while we're at it. Cause you're going to have a lot of time to think. Mm -hmm. And I think The other good news that I want to say before we end this is when you come out on the other side of this, you're going to have such a powerful relationship with yourself that other people will definitely be envious of it. And I know it's not about getting the envy from other people, but it's more to highlight the fact that the relationship that you have with yourself is actually going to be incredible because you have been given this time to get to know your body and get to know yourself. I know you don't want it. I know you'd rather be doing other things, but again, it's kind of like one of those there is a thought where it's like, take advantage of what you have while you have it. And I heard this, like people always say life is too short. Life is actually long. No, life is long. I feel like I, people are like 21 goes so fast. And I'm like, no, nah, when I turned 21, that, that feels like it was that long ago. Yeah. <laughs> it feels, it, you know, didn't go that fast. You're going to have a lot of time, a lot of time that you're healed and healthy to be able to enjoy the shit out of your life. So, you know, just, yes, that's from- true. This is not an opportunity cost here. It feels like it, but you're going to have plenty of amazing experiences. Yes. Okay. So keep a lookout for this chronically ill group that we will start teasing soon. Uh, If you have a story that you want to write into us, remember you can reach us at bless you at joinblush.com. Please don't forget to rate us and leave a review. We've been posting some of them on Instagram and other social media outlets that I guess are important, whatever. And it's been really exciting to see y'all's feedback. So thank you. It's very appreciative. And then if you are interested in working with a life coach over whatever it is that you're going through, remember you can always use promo code bless you all caps for 25% off your first month. We would love to have you and love to dig in so that you can start processing, meeting your goals, or just feeling supported. So again, thank you for listening to this kind of dark podcast. Sorry about it, but hopefully you learned a lot and got to know us better as well. So we had fun. I hope you did too. We love y'all. We will chat with y'all next week. Okay. Bye.